We learned in the previous year, Nefesh the concept of the Merkava of Tumah, and how people who were under the influence of the Merkava of Tumah would try to gain more Shefa for themselves by using Keshav, by using spiritual means, so to speak, to force the system to give them what it was able to give. But that's only one side of the story. There's only understanding how the Merkava of Tumah would be used by people as a way to gain more for themselves. But if you look in the Gemaras in a number of places, we see there's a second aspect to Kishof as well. And the second aspect to Kishof is that it could cause harm. People use Kishof, especially the Gemara talks about women who would use Kishof, his sorcery, as a way of harming people. And therefore the Gemara gives us a number of things to be careful of. A number of things to avoid because it would allow a person to be susceptible to having Kishof inflicted on them. How would Kishof harm a person? Besides use, being used as a way for the, the, the Khashif, the person using the Kaychas the, so again, more for themselves, how can it be used against somebody else? And the principle is like this. The Kaych of Ra, we said, doesn't have any independent Kaych. The Kaych of Ra can only take away from what's good. But, in order for it to take away from a concept of, from a, something which is good, there has to be something missing in that good. Because if the the type we're talking about, the good we're talking about, is something which is complete, something which is using all the shafa that has been given, something that doesn't allow any of that hashpa to get lost, so there's no way for the rat to, to, so to speak, connect to it. There's no attachment there for the rat to take hold of. And it's only because there's a certain chedek of a person who's taif. But in that area, there's a certain lack, there's a certain mistake, there's a certain element which isn't taif. So that becomes a makam where the rack can, so to speak, affect it. Just like if I had to give a marshal for this, if a person's body is, his skin is complete, there's no cuts, no, no cracks in the skin, so whatever germs will be on the surface can't penetrate. He's shielded completely. It's only when there is an opening in the skin that can become a source for bacteria, for germs to enter, and then it can affect the person. And then what's the same thing over here? A person is a tzaddik gomor. Somebody who is who's complete in everything that they have, and what they get from HaKadosh Baruch is only utilized letayv. So the Ra has no achiz on such a person. It doesn't have a way to attach itself to him. And if that's the case, it can't harm him either. But a person who's less than that, and therefore there are areas in the person where he's not complete. And there are areas where there's openings into him, so to speak, where, he's, where there's a mock in which the Ra can connect to. So then the Kayach of Ra can also be used here as a way to take away from the person what he was meant to get. That's always how Ra works. Ra works by taking away from, from the type what it's able to. And when Kishif can focus that, those, those kaychas are specifically on a person, 
and then look and put him in the spotlight to look for those areas where they can take Shefa away from him. And that's how Shefa can that's how Kishif can harm a person. Because depending on how much Shefa he loses, he can either lose his wealth, his health, his position, his life, whatever it's going to be, that as a result of that he loses. And that's what the Gemara warns us to be careful of Kishif. Because Kishif can have a very real and very negative effect on a person. We're talking about Kishif. But really that's what the Sultan does too. With the way the Sultan works, he also looks for points of weakness in a person. And he uses those points of weakness to, as a way, so to speak, to bring to the best in Shlomada. as And to emphasize that because of this, a person should lose some of the shafi he's meant to get. And that should be transferred to him the Sultan. If a person is a Tzadik Gomer, a person has done nothing wrong, the Sultan has nothing to do. The Sultan has nowhere to bring him because there's nothing missing, so to speak, where the Sultan has a yad, an ability to take away from him. And that's why Kishif is dangerous. And so Gemara says, if there's a, a fight between a, a Tzadik and a Rasha, so the Gemara says in Megillah, that if the Tzadik is a Tzadik Gomer, he's a complete Tzadik, then he's nothing to fear the Rasha. Whereas if he's a Tzadik Sha'ina Gomer, he's a Tzadik but he's not a complete Tzadik, then it's possible that the Rasha will find that place where he's able to affect the Tzadik. That's the... That's the concept of how Kishif can work against Tzadik. How the Ra can work to take away from Tzadik. And that's the Gemara tells us the story. Building in Parakut base in the middle of Shara Gimel. And it brings the Gemara Nechorin, which tells the story of a certain woman who was a Mechashefa, she was a sorceress. And she was trying to take sand from under the feet of Rabbi Khanina. Can you hear this was one of the ways that they could give Kishuf to work on somebody was to take the sand from under his feet? And therefore, normally people wouldn't allow, would be very careful to no one would try and take sand from under their feet. In this particular case, Rabbi Khanina tells the woman, I'm going to you, take the sand. It's not going to help you. Because it says, there's nothing besides Hashem. The Gemara asks, So you see that Kshafim do have an effect in the Shemaim. They weaken, as it were, the Shemaim because instead of the Shemaim deciding how the Shemaim is going to go and who's going to get it, the people who do the Kshaf trying to take them into their own hands. And therefore there seems to be, as what the Gemara is asking, it seems to be the question is that the right approach to Kishuf is to avoid allowing anybody to affect the person with Kishuf because Kishuf can have an effect because it's Machish from Ayah Shalmano. We're going to say it in simple words it's a system built into the world which can affect people. If people have to be afraid, if people have to be careful of it. And that the Gemara answers Shani Rabbi Khanina the Nafish Tzvoseh. Rabbi Khanina was different, he didn't have to worry about Kishof. why not? Because he had Nafish Choseh, tremendous Choseh. And it would seem the Pshat of the Gemara is, simply, therefore the Moscone is that Rabbi Khanina wasn't affected by Kishof, because like we said before, to be affected by Kishof, there has to be something missing in the person where the Kishof can take hold. Whereas Rabbi Khanina, Nafish Choseh, and so many Choseh, so Rabbi Khanina, the Kishof wouldn't be able to affect him. That would be the simple reading of the Gemara.
That's not the way the Nefesh Chaim understands. And the reason is Pashat. If you think about it, we wouldn't have imagined Rav Hanina as a big tzaddik to be soimich on his own sosim. To think, I'm such a big tzaddik, no one can harm me. That's even a little bit contradictory for a tzaddik to think like that. And if that's the case, so what was Rav Hanina's reason why he had no problem with the, the Mechashev for taking sand from under his feet? That Nevesh Chaim explains. This is Vadeh Shelaya Machzikat Hamachanina Dunafish Chusle Kolkach Mitzerasa Maisev Atayim Amirubim. Rabbi didn't consider himself because of his Torah learning and the many Maisim Torahim that he had that he was such a big tzaddik. Actually, Ba'avuram was so much dibush leishul by Purus Akshafim that because of that he was confident that Akshafim couldn't affect him. It wouldn't be appropriate a person to think himself as such a big tzaddik. And if that's the case, so why? Wasn't Rukhanina worried? And he says, We speak about the Merkava of Tumah. So the Merkava of Tumah has no Koyach of its own. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it a certain Koyach where it can take from a spiritual place, even above the stars, that's from the level of where the Merkava of Tumah is. That's why the Koyach of Ra, the of Tumma can do things too. Even to change the way things work as they come down from that level to the level of the stars, the level of the world. That's where the Koyach of Tumma is based, and that's what it has Koyach to do. But to build his Parachim Ephes but obviously without a Kodesh Baruch Hu, they don't exist. Because the life that they also need comes from Hashem. And therefore without a Kodesh Baruch Hu as a system which gives life to everything, the Koyach Satama would be no more uh, able to exist than anything else which needs that to get that life from Hashem and on a constant basis. And therefore, again, Chanin wasn't relying on himself, or on his Maisim to everyone, on his Torah. He knew and he could measure within himself that that emunah, that reality, I'll call it, was so strong, was so rock-solid by him. And besides Rakadish Baruch there is no other Koyach. There is no other force in the world. And therefore, with that in mind, he connected himself to the fact that Hakadosh Baruch is the Baal Hakoches the source of every of every power in the world. Not only that, the Adon Yachid, who is Malay, who encompasses all the worlds, that's the level where nothing exists besides Hashem. And therefore, in a world where there's only Hashem, and nothing exists besides Hashem, even things we do see exist are really not, not there in Matthias, it's only because in the Son Hashem that's what it's meant to be. So, for sure, when it comes to Ra, there's no Matthias for that either. Hashem's Ratzon, it's only here temporarily to be Ra. But Bavada, it's not so much really exists.
לכן הנחל נהיה בבטח בזה, די איפה יש קונפלנס אינף, שלא ישרת עליו פועלס הקשפים, ואז נמשך עם הקייחס למלכה בעצמה. דעתו קייח אף קשר, והוא מוסכם עם מלכה בעצמה, הוא אוהב נו אפקטונים. זה שם אולי מסתיים ירתח. אין מלבד How do we read the flow of the Gemara into what Nefesh HaChaim is saying? Nefesh HaChaim seems to be saying the opposite. He seems to be saying that Rav wasn't relying on his Chosim. Rav was relying on Eidel Milvadeh. So how do we read it with the Gemara? Rav Hashanah said it like this. And that is, we understood Nefesh Chosim meant Rav was such a tzaddik that Kishav couldn't affect him. That's true. But he wouldn't rely on that. It would be inappropriate for a tzaddik to consider himself such a tzaddik. And therefore the way we have to read the Gemara is that Rechadina said, Einod Milvadeh. And is relying on the fact that there's nothing besides the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And therefore Kishav can't affect him. And on that the Gemara asks that it's not so simple. Kishav can affect things in a spiritual way. It's, it has an effect to access a level higher than the Mazaras like we saw and it can direct things differently based on the Makav of Tumma. So we can't say that Kishav doesn't have an effect. And the Gemara's answer is by Rav Khanina, by him saying Einar Milvada didn't have an effect. Shani Rav Khanina did not pursue which means by him the Einar Milvada was on a different level. And therefore by him it was something which would prevent the Koychus of Ra having an effect. And if that's a Haktama, then this is something we need to explain. Because this is also Yisad in Emana. And that is that while it's true that a person who understands the world understands this is a Muslim of that Enel Mulvadoy, Akhadish Baruch is in control, he runs the world, there's now the Kayach besides him. But also understand there's a system how Hashem runs the world. There are various factors Hashem puts into place. And a person sees the Ra and the Merkava of Tumma and the Sultan is one of these factors. If that's the case, it's not something different, as it were. It's a Kayach Hashem created. And therefore, the level of Khadina needed wasn't just that Akhadish Baruch was in control of the world. Because this is also a force which has been built into the world. The level needed is a level much higher than that. And that is what Nefshachayim himself connects back to what he calls Malik Al-Amin Hashem. A level where nothing really exists besides for Hashem. And therefore on that level a person is going to say, but this is something which exists in the world. This is a force of nature. This is a chedek of how Hashem created the world. The whole created the world is something which isn't a reality. The reality is only Hashem that exists. And therefore, for a person who sees the world as being created and having certain kaychas and a certain seder, how the world works, so then for someone like that, kishof is something which works in the world. It's something dangerous. It's something that has to be avoided. 
But for a person who is not Vishkhusa, who is on the level that he is able to understand Ein Odin Muvadai to a much higher level. Ein Odin Muvadai to the level that nothing exists besides Hashem. So besides Hashem, nothing exists that includes Kishab doesn't exist either. For a person like that, they can say, Shkol, take the sand. Take the sand. Do what you like. Try your best. It's not going to work. Because they're living in a reality that nothing else can work. And this is a big darga. It's a big darga, but the Nefesh HaChaim is going to bring this down to a, so to speak, a tzvi on every person. And then he says that this concept is something everybody can use in order to protect themselves. This idea is a tremendous skudah. That a person can use to protect himself, to shield himself from any kind of punishment or any other desire anybody would have to harm him. They won't be able to overpower him, they won't be able to have any effect on him at all. And that is, person firmly established in his heart. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the true Elohim, the true source of power. There's no other Koyach in this world than any other dimension besides Hashem. Because nothing else exists besides Hashem. And therefore in his heart, anything else is, is no significance. It's completely vital. He doesn't pay attention to anything else in the world. And he focuses his thoughts and his intentions only on Hashem. Akash Baruch will treat him the same way, but nothing will be able to affect him. This is well known. It's called the Skura of the Nefesh HaChaim. We have to understand it. Put it in context. The Nefesh HaChaim learned from the story of Rav Hanina, that a person who has clear in his mind, nothing in the world can affect me. HaKadosh Baruch is in charge, and nothing else besides for him. And if that's the case, I might be confronted by a danger. I don't see it as being dangerous. HaKadosh Baruch is in control. He doesn't want this thing to harm me, nothing will harm me. Then if a person is being mystabic with that idea, a person connects to it on a deep level, so then he's protected. Now, such a statement has tremendous implications. It means a person can be in a dangerous situation and he's guaranteed protection. So we need to explain this. We need to understand where the Nefesh Chaim took this from how this principle works and how we can apply it in our own lives. So let's start from the first point. What he brought from Rechanina. And that is Rechanina was on the level where he was able to focus on the fact there's no Koyach in the world besides Hashem. If there's no Koyach in the world besides Hashem then nothing can happen unless Hashem wants it to happen. Because nothing can decide to do something that Hashem wants him to do it. The truth is, this is still the lower level. 
That's not a level of Elohim, which means Hashem is a Baila Koychas. Any Koyach, any force, any action which happens in the world, Akkadish Baruch Hu is allowing it to happen or not allowing it to happen. And therefore, when a person focuses it that way, whatever he sees happening in the Bria, this is all because Hashem wanted it to happen. And if a person is clear to him that this is not something Hashem wants to happen, it won't happen. That's one level of understanding Bitachan, that's already a big level. And on that level also, we have a concept that therefore, if a person is Boitayach Pashem, he says, Akadosh Baruch I know that you're in control. I know that nobody can do something if you're not going to let them do it. I know that I might be confronting a terrorist, I might be confronting an armed Nazi, I might be confronting a, an enemy soldier, it doesn't make a difference what it is. But I know that Akadosh Baruch this person can do nothing to me unless you allow them to. They have no koyach unless you give them the ability. In that case, if a person then has therefore Hashem, I'm relying on you to save me. So then already there's some level of this haftacha. And how does it work? It works with the general principle of bitachon. The general principle of bitachon is that HaKadosh Baruch doesn't let down bitachon. Bitachon means that we can trust in Hashem, we can rely on Him. And you can only rely on something if it's reliable. Which means, I've shown, seen in the past, I relied on it and it lived up to the expectation. I always give the same marshal about Yeshaya Novi, he talks about a river, which maim of Ne'emonim, a river whose water is reliable. Which means, it's a big enough river, it's a strong enough current, that I know I can come any time of the year. It doesn't make a difference how much of a drought there is, or how little rain there was, there's going to be water here. I can rely on it. That was a good example. A person's going to the Niagara Falls, you can be Nehmon, you can be relying on the fact there'll be water there. It's never stopped. But there's some rivers that are seasonal. There's some rivers that, given the adverse conditions of drought or lack of rain, they'll dry up. A river like that is not reliable. Sometimes you might come to the river and find it doesn't have water. And the Gemara says it doesn't have to be on a regular basis. Even if it will happen just once in 70 years, but when we come to a river and find it doesn't have water, that's enough that the river is not reliable. You can't always be guaranteed there will be water there. And therefore, we're talking about somebody being Nehmon. Reliable, it means always reliable. I can rely on that, and it will never let me down. And now, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to rely on Him, if that's the case, it has to work in the context that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will never let down the person who relies on Him. Those who know your name, Hashem, will trust in you, you'll never abandon them. And therefore, a person who actively has bitachon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, can't let them down. This is the principle which even overrides the din of Shemaim, which means even al din, the person deserves to be punished, but if they're relying on Hashem to save them, the punishment can't happen. Because otherwise the person could turn to Hashem and say, Hashem, you were in control, and I was relying on you to protect me. Why didn't it happen? 
The Rachaim explains this by Chris Yamsa. He says that Hashem said to Moshe, don't daven. There's not the time for tefillah. Because all tefillah does is bring something back to the scales of Shemaim. Does a person deserve that his tefillah should be answered or not? And it had already been decided that at that particular stage, Klayashal did not deserve that the tefillah should be answered. So tefillah isn't going to affect the change. What will? Shabitachim. Go into the sea relying on HaKadosh Baruch to save you. Because even if you don't deserve it, Hashem is not going to let you ambitachim. That's a tremendous principle. But this is still the lower level. And that is, a person has bitachim in Hashem. A person relies on HaKadosh Baruch Hashem doesn't let that bitachim down. Now, bitachim isn't a knowledge at the back of my mind that Hashem is in control. It means a person is actively living with that. A person is actively focusing on it. And therefore, in a person who is thinking right now, I'm relying on the fact that HaKadosh Baruch is looking after me. I'm relying on the fact that HaKadosh Baruch is protecting me. When a person has to be focusing actively on that, that's when he has his protection. The Zohar takes it even a step further. The Zohar says that before a person goes to sleep at night, he should have in mind the Pasuk, B'yodcha Afkid Ruchi. For these says Hashem Kelemes. Hashem, I'm entrusting my nefesh to you. We know there's a certain level that the nefesh leaves the person when he's asleep. And the person goes to sleep saying, Hashem, I'm relying on you. I'm entrusting my nefesh to you that I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. And says the Zahar, Ish A person who goes to sleep with relying on Hashem to wake him up will wake up. Maybe he deserves to die. He won't die that night. Because if he would die that night, then in some way he would be letting down Bitachem. A person could turn around and say, Hashem, I was relying on you. I was relying on you to wake me up in the morning. You can't let me down. And that's true. If a person is relying on Hashem, Hashem won't let him down. We get up in the morning, we say, How much, how great, is how reliable you are, Hashem. You never let us down. So that's already one level. The one level is that a person actively is having bitachem. The person is actively thinking how Kodesh Baruch is in control. And if he's in control, nothing else can harm me. And if he's in control, then I can rely on him to protect me. Because there isn't a koyach of the Ra on its own. It's a, it's a koyach which is diverted from the Torah, but at the end of the day it's a koyach which is coming from Hashem. And therefore with that first point, the understanding, that Kodesh Baruch is the ultimate power, the source of all power, Let's make it much more practical. When he explains this point, he says, a person raises his arm to do something. At that very second, his arm needs to be given life. The person needs to be given life. His ability to move his muscles. The, the, the blood is flowing through his veins. That's all something which our college Baruch is allowing to happen. And therefore, the first level of Ritachan is bitachon in the fact that Hashem is the Rekim, the Baal HaKoyches There wouldn't be the ability to make a move, to twitch a muscle, to do an action, if Hashem wasn't allowing it to happen. And therefore, if a person feels in danger, he feels threatened, he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, nothing can happen to me unless you're going to let it happen to me. And if that's the case, if it's since I know clearly it's up to you, I'm relying as clearly that you're going to protect me. You're not going to allow this person to harm you. And the Chiddusha is 
the person might want to. You might have chosen to be the Rasha who's going to try harm another human being. You might even be trying to put into practice. That doesn't mean because a Rasha chooses to do something wrong, he's going to be allowed to do it. The world is not Hefka. It's not every time a Rasha decides, I'm going to do something to harm another person, I'll be successful. He's a Rasha for wanting to do the wrong thing. But HaKadosh Baruch doesn't have to give him the ability to do it. The proof of this is, how many times Rishoyim have wanted to do the wrong thing, and Hashem has foiled their plans. Utsa Eitz of Asufar, make your plans, they'll be undone. Da'abrudaba v'layokar, speak, it won't happen. Ki'imanu kel. And if with that knowledge, with that understanding, so then a person has bitachat HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is there reliance, you're going to protect me? And when it's reliance, Hashem will. This is the first level of this you cite. We're going to see in the next year, but Hashem, there's a higher level too.